Welcome to Hope Springs Community of Faith Podcast, where we love people and we love God. If you want to open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1, still. I appreciate it in, not that like, it's always weird when somebody prays and then like I say I appreciated something in their prayer because it wasn't to me anyway and it didn't really matter if I heard it or not, but Bob just mentioning about like the present, God's part of the present too, and, and we sing that last song that we sang, it's beautiful and it's full of hope and uh, depends on kind of what kind of person you are, how you perceive the future. For me, it's always like super bright and hopeful and it depends on the kind of person you are, how you perceive the past. For some, it's tragic. For some, things were better back then. Um, who knows? For me, it's always like, well, it was the past. But it's easy to see God there and working in my life and things that he did. And I, and I trust that for you, it, it's easy at times to see God there. And then in the future, for me, it's easy to trust that he is in control and guiding me. But it's this present that it is the more difficult time sometimes to feel or recognize that he's there. Like that he actually cares now. Like I can read him into a past story and I can place him in my future dreams it's just sometimes really hard to feel him in my present life. And the song we sang before that is a song that kind of summarizes or puts in common vernacular the only sermon that Jesus ever preached. He preached one sermon out of this whole entire Bible. He preached one sermon. He talked some, wrote nothing, prayed a lot, and preached one sermon. And in that sermon, he said to groups of people, love each other. Be there for one another. Help each other out. Forgive. Live peacefully and quietly with one another. Work with your hands so you have something to give to those who don't. And to the individual, he kept saying, Don't worry. Don't worry. Why are you so worried? And he relates us to sparrows and to grass and all of these different kinds of things. And he says, if, if God can care and make sure that the sparrow's okay, don't you think he can care about you? If he's led you this far, he's not going to leave you astray. Don't worry. And then we got through that second song and we jumped into the last song. And it started out with, I, and I'm, I'm not going to be able to say the words exactly right, but basically how he has the reins of the sun and the moon, like horses driven by wind. I don't know. I don't know if that's what he said. But it's a picture from the book of Job that most of us would pull out and look at the book of Job as this guy who had all of these things befall him and all these tragedies, yet he somehow still stayed faithful. But that's not the book of Job at all. The book of Job is exactly that. God is the one who holds the reins of the sun and the stars and the moon, just like you and I would a horse if we were cowboys or people that ride horses. All of these things are in his control. It's a book that talks about the imminence of God, the supremacy of God, the complete control of God. And learning in that, discovering in that, finding in that, 
what that means for us. And the message this morning is going to talk a lot about that. I'm going to start in chapter 1 and probably end at 12, verse 1 through 12. Again, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to those who are being complete and faithful brethren in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, which I think is a very beautiful thought. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all those who are being completed, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you have previously heard in the word of truth, the good news, God's story, which has come to you, just as in all the world also, it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even as in you also since the day you heard and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow bondservant, who is a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf, and he also informed us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason also, since the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, again a beautiful sentiment, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of those being completed in light. God, this morning as we just have another opportunity to, um, as a group, look at look at your word and try to maybe understand exactly what it is you're speaking to us today and hopefully God to walk out of this building this morning with a better understanding, knowledge, hope that you are involved with us today, not just in the future. And I love you, Jesus. Amen. So in this current series, uh, Loving Others, this is the first, this is the last time we're going through words, like I said, that we were going to use several weeks to go through and like define out some words and, and come up and we've, we've looked at saints and we've looked at gospel and we've looked at heaven and we've looked at uh, fruit and some different things like that. And, and this morning is, is the last one of those that I want us to look at. And it's actually three words and they sound the same, but they're dramatically different. And the three words are knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. In verse nine, if you look at that, he says, I want you to gain knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. And, uh, this is an important, important thing. Like sometimes I feel like people make such a big deal when they, you know, separate or, or parse words out a little bit. And I feel like, man, you're making too, too big of a deal ab about this. But th this to me is a, is a really important thing because knowledge, wisdom, and understanding are very, very different. They mean different things. They're used in different ways. And they show different aspects of who we are. The first word, knowledge, it literally means precise or correct. It's factual. The Bible talks about knowledge and it says things about knowledge like 
The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And then he goes on to talk about knowledge and says, get knowledge. But as you get that, get wisdom as well. In another place in the New Testament, Paul is talking and he says, you know what knowledge does? It puffs up. Knowledge is this accumulation of facts that we begin getting and gaining and growing, but we have no application for them, which a lot of times is the best application, I think, of knowledge is watching uh, timelines on Facebook as people are, people are posting uh, knowledge without any kind of intention behind it. It's just content, and they're just taking, oh, I just read this, boom, here it is. Oh, I just read this, boom, here it is. It's these lists of facts that we use to win an argument, not to change our life. It's a group of truths, yes. Facts, yes. Answers, absolutely. But there's no application behind knowledge. You know, when... When, we, when I first moved to Mexico and you would ask somebody, do you speak Spanish? And they would say, just enough to be dangerous. You know, like that's that common thing that people say. Or you ask them about some thing in life and they're like, yeah, I know, just enough to be dangerous. That's because we all inherently know that knowledge, just knowledge, just understanding facts, it's dangerous. It's this, it's... The what's. Like we have all of these answers of what, 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 what. What's the answer to this? What's the answer to that? What's the answer to this? And so, yes, we need to have knowledge because knowledge is the beginning steps to these other things. But if that's all we're seeking and all we're looking for, we're going to have a bunch of answers to a bunch of questions that no one is asking. And then we're frustrated because we can't answer what they're asking. So we start pushing our answers out on everyone else and they don't even care. And it causes us to have these divisions and think that we know what's right and we know the exact way to do this and we know the exact way to do that and all that. But we don't know anything. Wisdom. Wisdom is having varied knowledge with experience. And it's summed up in parables and maxims. That's what wisdom is. Wisdom is taking all these knowledge, all this knowledge from different places, and because of our experience, we're living them out and we're able to talk about why these things are important. And a lot of times, if you flip through the book of Proverbs, that's a bunch of wisdom. It's talking about why this is important, why that's important. It's taking the knowledge that we've learned and talking about why we need to apply it, the why behind the what. But understanding, the Greek word for understanding is synesis. It literally means running together. It's the place where two rivers become one. It's the synthesis of knowing answers and having, an experience, having experience, but also being able to be sensitive to the needs and desires and wants of others. Understanding is the ability to apply the knowledge, the what that we've learned, the why our experiences, why it's important to us, to another person 
through their experiences, through their knowledge. It's the running together to becoming one. And so as Paul's writing this and he's talking, he says, yes, I want you to have knowledge. And I want you to get spiritual wisdom as well. But at the end of the day, what is most important is that you understand, that you have understanding. So much of life is spent running after, finding all of these answers, getting all the what's. And those are things that can be found, and we love that because we're in this discovery mode, and we're searching, and we're searching, and we're searching, and we find an answer over here, and then we find an answer over here. And then we talk about wisdom, and that God gives us wisdom, and we view wisdom as this thing that's given because God lays circumstances in our lives, and we walk through these different circumstances, so we're able to take what we've learned and apply it a little bit. But then synthesis, understanding, it's earned. It's gained. It takes time. It's being able to see where other people are coming from and take the knowledge that we have and the experiences that we felt and mesh that into their life to see something change. And it may be nothing that we do on our own. Understanding may be looking at someone and saying, I know the best thing I can do for this person is not to give advice, but just to listen. Understanding maybe the best thing I can do for this person is to give advice. Understanding maybe saying the best thing I could do for this person is to invite them to help them do what it is that they're wanting to do anyway. Understanding is recognizing the how truths interact with others. One of the craziest things for me when I was digging into this a little bit there's a Hebrew word that is the same as this understanding. It's to boom, I, don't, I mean, I don't know why it's called that, but that's how they say it. That's the word that God used about himself over and over when he did things where we would look at it as punishment. He would say it was God's understanding. Through God's understanding, he broke so-and-so, Saul, Nebuchadnezzar. When he was talking about Job, it was through God's understanding that he reached down and caused affliction on Job. It wasn't his knowledge. It wasn't his wisdom. It was his understanding. It was him being able to look at someone and know exactly what they needed and have the ability to meet that need. Whether it was through bruising or raising, lifting or pushing, where understanding comes in. But understanding isn't something that just happens overnight. Like, it takes time. It takes experience. And I think so much of the time, I, I, I don't think, I'm just going to talk about myself. So much of the time of my life isn't spent so much in getting to know and getting to understand people. It's wanting to have answers. And wanting to say the right thing. And wanting to win an argument. Or wanting to prove that my way or idea or Line of sight is the correct one. But God created us to, yes, find answers. Yes, gain wisdom. But ultimately, to earn understanding. To spend time in that. I've used this illustration before. 
but it was better because you have to use your imagination this time. Uh, last time I, I actually went to the ocean and got water and put it inside a jar, but I didn't this time because I didn't have enough time. So you're going to have to believe and pretend, no, just pretend with me that this is ocean water in here. So many times we feel like we have all the answers to what it is that God wants in our life. Actually, most of the time we feel like we have all the answers of what God wants to do in someone else's life. And we're seeking what God wants to do in our own. That's how it, I feel like a lot of life is lived out. I don't really know what God wants out of me, but I for sure know what God wants for Craig. And I'll tell him. The difference between knowledge, wisdom, and understanding is this. Think of this as ocean water. Okay? Okay. If I were a scientist, I could tell you a lot. If I were a scientist, I would have a lot of knowledge about ocean water. I could tell you probably the salt content that it contains. I could take the temperature, tell you what temperature it is. I could tell you what kind of things float in it, what things don't float in it. I could tell you how long it would take to boil. There'd be all kinds of stuff. There's probably a ton more stuff that scientists would know to be able to tell me what that is. But that's just knowledge. A lot of facts randomly put together. But that just tells me about ocean water. Doesn't tell me anything about the ocean. Doesn't tell me what it looks like when the sun sets out in the horizon. Or out here, the sun rises over the water doesn't tell me what it feels like when you're standing on the shore and the waves crash in. And if you're like me and don't want to be barefoot and get your shoes soaked. doesn't tell me what it's like to be out so far in the ocean that you can't see anything else and you feel like you're all alone and you might die. It doesn't tell me what it feels like to actually get up on a surfboard and race across the top of the ocean. This glass here, It doesn't give me but the perspective of being on the moon and looking down and seeing how most of our planet is covered in water. I can't ever tell what it feels like to plunge to the bottom of the ocean and feel the weight crashing down. By looking at this water, I don't see the life. Giant whales. Crazy octopuses? I don't know. All the other things in life that's found in the ocean, I don't see any of that in this. All this is is a cup of ocean water because that's all my knowledge can give, but I have to have through experience, through time, through actually going to the ocean and getting in it to be able to understand and explain those experiences to have true wisdom of what the ocean is like and then in the wisdom of that to be able to understand the ability to communicate to somebody else what that feels like what it should be like what they could expect how they need to plan if they're going on a trip And so much of the time, we take a little tiny cup and we dip it into the thing that we perceive to be God 
and we pull it out and we put a lid on it and we say, hey, this is God. This is his will for your life. This is what you need to be doing. We grab one little verse out of the Bible and we say, here you go. This is for you. This will change your life. If you live by this, you'll be perfect. We take a few facts. We take this gigantic book like this and we distill it down to a few little facts. And we say, here's this fact for this, this thing in your life, and here's this fact for this thing in your life. We take a lifetime of experiences, and we pull out three or four, and we say, hey, I was going through something exactly like you, even though we don't know the person at all or have any idea what they were going through. We still say that. I was going through something exactly like you. Here's what I did. If you do this, if you plug A in here, then you're going to be fine. And all we're doing is telling them that they've seen the ocean when all they've seen is a jar of ocean water. They know a lot of what's. And so then they think they're experts. But they have no whys or hows. And when I keep saying they, I really mean we. We spend so much time searching for answers and so little time figuring out how to live them. Jesus ran into this with his disciples near the end of his life. He was talking to them about all these things that they couldn't quite understand. And he said, I'm going here, and then this is going to happen, and this is going to happen, and blah, 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 blah. And Thomas finally cries out, and he's like, Lord, Just give us the answers, and that would be enough. And Jesus said, Thomas, have you spent so little time with me? You don't know that I am the answer? And I think that quote could be used and applied to each of us today. When we're saying, just tell us the answers, God. Just show me exactly what I need to do. Just tell me. Just give me the what and I'll do it. Just let me know. And he says, have you spent so little time with me? You don't understand. I've given you a lifetime of answers. Maybe instead of finding a bunch more answers to trivia questions, you can start living the answers you already know. It doesn't take a degree in Bible study to know that he wants us to love, to forgive, to be kind. If at all possible, make peace with all men. doesn't take a theology degree to understand that he wants us to love one another. That it's the kindness. I said this last week, but it bears repeating over and over and over again. Because when Paul said it, he said, or have you forgotten? That it is the kindness of God that leads men to repentance. doesn't take a degree in theology to understand 
If he's in control, why am I worried? It doesn't take a degree to understand those things. It takes a life living them to understand those things. My hope in all of this, like the reason for church to exist, the only reason I get up here week after week is to introduce people to an ocean and not just ocean water. Like we're here to give each other courage to step foot into a giant ocean instead of just reading a book and looking at pictures and running mathematical equations to actually step out and in faith follow after what it is that God's calling you into and not just memorize a bunch more stories about him or about other people who actually followed him. It's about encouraging, pushing, hoping for, inspiring, People to have a life that is filled with love and peace and hope, goodness, mercy. Not just talk about them and know that they're important. Not just to cite Bible verses with references attached that talk about them. Not just to acknowledge, like we sing, Lord, let your will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. Not just to be able to agree with that statement and say, I agree, I vote, I hope, yeah, God, let it happen. But to actually live that statement. No, God, let your will, let me live out your will here on earth just as it is in heaven. Not just to vote for it, but to live for it. And to experience way more than just words on a page, words from a person, memories and hopes, but to actually experience the life-changing, life-giving God that allows us just like we sang strangely, to call him our friend. Not just allows us to call it, but asks us to. So the praise team's gonna come and we're gonna sing. My hope for this week, for myself and for you, not to learn something new, but maybe just apply something that we already know into life, whether it be confidence in him and no worry, kindness, forgiveness, whatever. Let's stand and sing. Thanks for listening to the Hope Springs podcast and a special thanks to Ashita for the music that you guys hear right now. And feel free to check us out on the web at www.hopespringscommunity.org. Thanks. God bless.
Open up your hearts to the day. 